hablas tus mentiras, ya yeah. no puedes con mis rimas, no. no Solo lo que se oye cuando tú rapeas es puro bla bla, bla, bla. Welcome to the Music Heads Podcast Where we face the music and let the music speak Here is the music expert himself, your host, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. Billionaire Ando todo frío, ya yeah. Mira como brillo, ya yeah. Billetes azules son los que yo traigo en el bolsillo, ya yeah. Ay, que frío And we're back. Music Heads Podcast, baby. Let's get it. Uh, so I just finished the interview. Shout out to Victor, the Cruca Estilo, man. This was dope. Man, uh, ya quiero empezar. Ya quiero encimar la entrevista. Estuvo la neta bien chingona y... Lo que siempre me ha gustado de que cada vez que hemos hablado son bien humildes. Uh, they're real humble. Um, and I think that's a big factor, uh, you know, and F the music, right? Like I think in anything that you do, uh, humble will get you further. Uh, there's so many, there's so many cocky uh, individuals in every business, right? Like, uh, you know, with my experience, it could be real estate, you know, construction, uh, writing the book, right? Being an author and all these different stuff, music, but there's always cocky people uh in the business and and what i've noticed is that the ones that are like that don't get too far and uh definitely crucastillo man is a perfect example of humbleness uh and that's why han llegado a donde han llegado hacen lo que hacen porque tienen humildad so shout out to victor man i really appreciate it uh before we get to the interview um i just want to remind you guys to please subscribe to the billy the kid channel we got so many dope interviews coming. Uh, this is another dope one, uh, but so many more to come. And then make sure you guys check out episode one. Shout out to everybody showing I've up. I've gotten so much great feedback. Uh, people messaging me uh, after that first episode dropped. Uh, I'm super excited. Make sure you guys follow my business podcast, the Minority Report podcast for the minority of 3% action takers. Uh, we got that one popping too, but um, yeah, th this was amazing. Also, don't forget my book is out right now. It's on Amazon. It's uh, basically Barnes and Nobles. Hasta el Walmart estamos. Ahí pueden ordenar mi libro, The Power of Being Uncomfortable, uh, Target.com. So order a copy, man. And if you don't want to go too far, just go to BillyTheKid.com. I'll send an autographed copy. You could just order it off of there and they all come autographed if you order it from BillyTheKid.com. The audio version is also available. You know what? Matter of fact, before we continue, I'm going to be sending you a free autographed item. That's right, baby. And it could be my book. It could be an autographed copy of my book. Uh, it could be my DVD, Chasing the American Dream. It could be the American Dream album. It could be the New Era album. It could be my Trust Issues album. Uh, anyways, it's going to be a free autographed item. All you got to do is go leave me your email at billythekid.com. And by you leaving me your email, I'm going to send you a free autographed item. A free CD, a free DVD, a free book. It's going to be a surprise item. So go leave me your email. All you got to do is just cover the shipping for this and I'll cover the rest, baby. Go leave me your email right now. Other than that, man, uh, follow me on Spotify, on Pandora, and anywhere music is available, Apple Music. Y hagan lo mismo with Cook Estilo. But, man, let's get to this, man, because th this interview was super dope. Let's get it. Vamos. <laughs> man. Super excited. Uh, first of all, bro, thank you. Uh, quiero agradecerte de, de que estás aquí. 
tuvimos un poco de dificultad, pero aquí estamos. Ah, dificultades técnicas siempre. ¿Verdad? Y te iba a preguntar, ¿en dónde estás ahorita? Porque en tu Instagram pusiste algo que es el del Salvador. No, este, un fan, un fan, un fan me mandó una, una, una foto que él iba llegando a El Salvador, pero está en Facebook y no está en Instagram, así que no lo pude hacer tag a él. Oh, okay. It looks, it looks, it looks, looks like I'm in El Salvador, bro. Everybody was hitting me up. They're like, yo, you here? What's up? Lo invitas. Even my mom was like, hey, te fuiste y no me llevaste. That's awesome. What, what do you got going on, man? What you got that guitar for? Bro, this is one of the things that I that I started doing during, during the pandemic. Ajá. En vez de estar en la casa haciendo nada, viendo Netflix, dije, yo voy a aprender a tocar este, este voladito. En... Man. Y ahí vamos, ahí vamos. Man, uh, y, y hay que empezar con eso, um, because you, you've produced, right? Like, pretty much all your tracks, right? Yeah, man. I, uh, so, and let's take it back real quick because we're, we're going to touch on that. Um, let's start. Okay. I always like to take it back. Uh, si puedes decirnos de dónde eres y cómo llegaste a estar en Los Ángeles, dónde estás. Bueno, amigos, yo vengo de una hacienda. Para la gente que no sabe qué es una hacienda, es un pueblito, un mini pueblo. Mini pueblo en El Salvador. Este, la hacienda se llama Chanico. Es en el Departamento de la Libertad. Este, dejamos El Salvador cuando teníamos seis y siete años por la guerra, ¿verdad? Y venimos aquí a Los Ángeles, en, quizás en los ochentas, en los 80s, bro. So we're 80s kids. And so we, we've been here ever since. Uh, I, was in the, I was in the military service, so I traveled a little bit. Uh, but What this branch? is home right here. I was in the Air Force. Air Force? Air Force. Entonces, pero aquí, esta es mi casa aquí en, en Los Ángeles. Siempre. He visitado muchas, muchas áreas, pero los, no hay nada como Los Ángeles, la verdad. California. Ya. Yeah. Y, y allá has estado, ¿no? So the whole time. No te has movido, mm. no has ido a ninguna parte. Fíjate que viví, viví en Las Vegas seis años. Oh. Y Las Vegas Mucha no gente quizás no sabe eso. Ajá, no me gustó Las Vegas para nada. Puro party or what? <laughs> bueno, es que a mí no me gusta el gambling. And yeah. so, wrong person in the wrong place, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> y en ese entonces no habían muchos clubs. It, um, Vegas is not the Vegas you see now. It was like very early on. I was stationed at an Air Force base out there. Okay. Um, and so, you know, work was there. So, but I never went out gambling. Maybe once or twice here and there. Pero no es lo que es. Si, si hoy fuera hoy, <laughs> different story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's crazy si ves como los equipos que están llegando hoy para allá, uh, mm -hmm. los Raiders like all these teams, like how easy it is to get in all that you know what I mean, and, yeah, and obviously yeah. uh, I'm a big believer that bad habits could be anything, it could be eating, right, like you could mm -hmm. overeat you, so si tienes un level de todos tus habits, then I think you're gonna be okay with life it, even gambling mm -hmm. is not bad as long as you <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, entonces, ¿en qué? Okay, so, ¿cómo vino lo de la música? Entonces, ¿cuándo fue de que decidiste, hmm, quiero rapear? Like, what, yeah. what year was that and uh, what inspired Ooh. that? You know, I, I, I don't even have a date, bro, to tell you the truth. Um, siempre nos ha gustado la música. Mm -hmm. Este, a mí me, escucha, me gustaba escuchar rock. Este, en ese entonces estaba Scorpions, Iron Maiden. Y el rap que había en ese entonces era muy diferente al rap que está hoy. Um, y todo empieza por mi hermano, la verdad. 
mi hermano es el que empezaba a rapear y, y I was like, what, what are you doing, bro? Porque él estaba, siempre llegaba a mi cara y le decía, me, me, me tiraba rap. And I was like, shut the hell up, bro. And, uh, and so he, he was into it and he would buy the, uh, in, in those days you have the records, right? And so on one side of the record was the actual record and the other side was the instrumental. Mm-hmm. Y él agarraba el instrumental y se ponía a rapear. But it was, it was whack, bro. It was whack. I'm going to tell you the truth. It was whack. He, he's not here. He can't defend himself. <laughs> and, so, and so I would hear it. And I was like, I said, hey, man, said, you have to do it differently if you want to sound like them. And he's like, uh, you write it then if, you're, if you know about this. I was like, I don't know. I said, but I, I said, I sort of get the idea of what they're doing. And so I wrote him a couple of raps. And, uh, and he, would, he would record himself in, the little, in a little four track. Este, o sea, nada, nada de lo que tenemos hoy. Yeah. Era, una, era una maquinita así de un cassette. Y en el cassette podías grabar cuatro voces. Mm. Y, y ahí se grababa y los teníamos ahí. Y este... Was this like high school? Or yeah, this was, this, this was high school. Okay. High school. Este, y otra cosa que siempre mi hermano de travieso, este, mi papá tenía unas turntables. Y mi papá todos los fines de semana compraba records, long plays. Amanda, Miguel, Roberto, Carlos, Hermanos mm. Flores, La San Vicente, y no, toda la música latina. Y, y venía Johnny, y él, él quería ser igual a los DJs que miraba en MTV, <laughs> y le ponía los discos, y he would scratch them, bro, and then my dad would get so pissed. Because, you, know, you know, you have to have a special needle for that, and we didn't have any of that. We didn't, we had no clue. Yeah. So we would mess the records up. Uh, <laughs> pero ahí empieza con la, con la, con esa uh, inquietud de Johnny. Este... Um, creo que una vez me hizo que le escribiera una canción, le escribí dos, y así fuimos, así fuimos. Este, pero hubo un tiempo donde uh, nos, des, nos dejamos de hacer eso, pero siempre estaba la inquietud, y, y que sí se podía, pues. Um, después pasaba, nos cambiamos de una casa, y de suerte nos toca vivir enfrente de una persona que se llama este, AOT. Mucha gente no sabe quién es MC AOT. Este, pero él, él era rapero que, que andaba con Kid Frost. Mm-hmm. Entonces, en la casa enfrente de nosotros, nosotros mirábamos cuando practicaba Kid Frost, este, MCAOT, y creo que llegó, creo que llegó este, ¿cómo se llama el otro? El de, el de Mentirosa. I forgot his name. Melo Manes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. shout out to him porque I think here in the, in a couple episodes, we're going to throw him in too so shout oh, out to cool. yeah that's dope that's dope i did a show with him up in uh, the celly i think a long time ago he was cool cool peoples yeah y entonces lo que lo mirábamos que ellos hacían todo y, y miré que tenían una máquina que se llamaba en sonic donde hacían sampling porque yo no tenía ni idea cómo hacer un beat de esos pero lo, lo, lo tuve en mente y, mm-hmm. y me acuerdo una vez que fuimos a la mall bueno antes de eso este muchacho mcalt él se ponía a rapear con mi hermano he este, my, my brother would get his ass kicked all the time. And, uh, but, you know, siempre la inquietud. Yeah. Y una vez este, fu- fuimos a la mall y estábamos viendo MTV en la mall y vemos que MCAOT y Kid Frost, no me acuerdo cuál era, había otro rapero, creo, está, tenían la canción número uno en MTV que se llamaba Tequila. Ta, 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 yeah, ta, yeah, ta. yeah. So they, they sampled that song. Man, it became a number one on MTV. And we were like, yo, like, these are those guys. Like, we know them. Like, yeah. And so, empezamos a ver de que era posible, de que 
una persona común y corriente como vos o como yo, podíamos hacer un ritmo, samplear, ponerle unas rimas y, ¿verdad? Eso como que se nos hizo ver como que era algo atenible. Something that you could reach for and, and mm -hmm. you could do it. I've right? yeah. seen this guy. Um, he was really talented, but he was, you no know, just like you and I. Yeah. And so, no tenía mucho dinero en esos entonces, este, pero uh, lo que hice fue que agarré el Ensonic. On, I financed it. It took mm. me like five years to pay that motherfucker. <laughs> well, it paid off. Like who, where was he from, or was it like a record he, company? Or yes, yeah, it's, it's a record company. It's called 805 Records. Okay, 805 Underworld Records. Shout out to Tomas Solis and his brother Gil Solis uh, that saw the potential. And uh, you know, we started talking. Um, he offered me uh, some money for it. Money that for us in those times was like, uh, yeah. oh, like you you want to pay me for <laughs> what I just did at, in the garage for real? <laughs> He's like, yeah. And so, you know, he, we met up at some burger joint. He came with a little bag of money, gave it to me. I gave him the master. Boom, boom. But, you know, we, we've always kept in touch. He, he took us to a, a couple of shows up in uh, Utah, in Arizona, in New York. So we were touring with him. It was, it was pretty cool because, we you know, we had never been exposed to that. Mm -hmm. And he, he opened the, the doors for us, you would say. And the interesting thing is, back in those days, uh, email... Oh, you know, all this technology wasn't available. So, mm -hmm. so, but somehow we got to Mexico and I, and I would, I would hear people like, yo, we heard your song in Mexico. We heard it here. 
we heard it in jail. I was like, what? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> How? <crazy. laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that, and that album was all English. It was all English. We had one song in Spanish. And he comes back the next year and he says, yo, he goes, people are loving that Spanish. He goes, because they say that you guys sound very different. He goes, give me an album. I'll give you the, I'll give you double the money, but give me an album all in Spanish. And so we went back to work. You know, we gave him the record, he gave us the money. And that to this to this day, people people send me messages about that album. Even even my boy Secan in mm-hmm. Mexico, he says he says he would buy that album in his in his hood over there and that they would bang it. So I was like, wow. <laughs> so, but but again, you know, it was it was we knew that the music was getting around, but it was nothing that we wanted to like we didn't think it was gonna go bigger than that. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, we just we just did it, kept on doing it because you know once you once you're bit by the music bug, you sort of just always doing it regardless, yeah. right? Um, I think we took we took a we took some time off, um, but we we still did with the shows. Even when I was in the Air Force, I would do the the um, the talent shows, and I would bring everybody from LA and do the talent shows, and you know we we'd rock it, and people were, were they they really liked it. We'll be right back to this great episode of the Music Heads Podcast Show. But before we continue, go subscribe to Billy the Kid YouTube. That is Billy, D-H-A-K-I-D-D. Also, go follow Billy the Kid Music on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and everywhere else music is available. And now... How important was like the grind at that time as far as like the real life, right? Like, you know, bills and, you know, all that that comes with it versus uh the you know you're on stage you know and and it's not paying as much maybe at that time uh what was the grind and and what are some some tips that you could give some young listeners listening man the grind was real back then because first of all i didn't have a lot of money none of us had a lot of money and we were young oh but what what was that back in the day like five dollars an hour when i was in the air force i wasn't making much i think i was making five hundred dollars a month and so Man, it, it was a grind. We would, we would actually all gather up our money. We had other friends that you know they believed in the project, and we would get CDs done and we would sell them, uh, cassettes. We would sell them. You know, we'd do our own little shows in the back of our house. We'd sell tickets for that. And so, I, I guess it's part of the times. I don't know if people would do that now. Mm-hmm. You know, people are so. It's a different. It's a different time. But yeah. In those times, it worked. Right. You could you could rent a hall. And set up a show and people would show up. Um, How have you adjusted to like the digital era? Uh, I know in the last episode, we talked a little bit about how like it hit me when, you know, the truck I have now didn't have a CD player. And I was like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Yeah, everything is wireless now, bro. Like, I mean, I love it. I've I've been involved in technology because I'm, uh, you know, on the side, I I work with software. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've always had to stay up on my game. Um, but in the music industry, when the MP3 showed up, that was a big, a big shift. 
right? A lot of people didn't believe in it. it they thought it was just going to go away. Record labels at those at that time, um, they thought it was going to go away, but no, man, it, be, it, it became the thing, right? And so I, I feel like when new technology comes out, if you don't embrace it, you're going to get left behind. I mean, to this day, I know rappers from back then that are still trying to do the same thing they did 10, 15 years ago. And I tell them, bro, no. Like, they don't have any social media. They don't have anything. They still think that they can go out and sell CDs. And I'm like, bro, there's nobody playing CDs no more. Where are they going to play it? Yeah, seriously. Right? I mean, I... Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to tell you that. I I, I had a CD the other day or, or some little video that I have. And I had to buy a VHS, sorry. And I had to like look everywhere for this VHS and I couldn't find it. And I had to pay like 300 bucks for that thing, bro. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it was weird. <laughs> um, what was the first music video you did back then while we're in the subject? And I will say too, uh, I, whoever, whatever interview you did, uh, one of the articles that, that uh, resonated with me was, you said, you'll know when it's time to quit your job, uh, since we're kind of in the subject of that grind and everything. Um, if you could touch a little bit on that, on those two things real quick. Well, in our scenario, it was weird. I mean, I, I think every artist is different, right? Um, if, you're, if your yearly budget is $15,000 a year and you're getting paid $15 per show, then you know, it makes sense, right? But if you're, if you're not making ends meet, I think everybody's got a different story on that. Uh, for us, I'll be honest with you, I've always had little side things. One, one of the things that I, that I listened to when I was in, well, let me back up a little bit. I used to have a record label under Univision and I got to meet a lot of important people. Uh, the head of Univision at that time, uh, Carlos Mojarvis, man, this man was like 80 years old, but he had so much knowledge. And one of the things, one of the things he told me was like, hey, don't they, don't just rely on music. He's like, there's other, there's other things that you can make money off of it. You know, so I kept that in mind. And you know, music is not just my source of one source of income. So just that, have different sources of income, especially now with the internet, you can have so many things. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I would tell the kids nowadays. Don't just have music, you know, have different things. I I love that, bro, porque es como dicen like uh you know, if you want to be a millionaire, you got to have at least six, six streams of income at least. And mm -hmm. and I love how you said that uh, nowadays too, it's easy. I mean, you see the Amazon hustle, like literally exactly. there's so many laptops. actually, you know, F a laptop. I, I always say that you could become a millionaire on your, on your, on your smartphone, you know, like yeah. there's no excuse. <laughs> right. You know, and I get a lot of kids, a lot of kids will hit me up and I don't ask for all of them, but every now and then when somebody sends something that's like, that I like, I'll listen to it and I'll say, hey, this sounds pretty good. Keep keep doing it. They're like, well, I don't have a studio and I don't have this and I don't have that. And I was like, do you have a phone? They're like, yeah. I said, which one? iPhone something. I said, you're done. You got it. That's all you need. Yeah. You know, because I've seen people do great things with the phone, like record their vocals, shoot a video, upload it all with the phone. I mean, I, one thing that I told this guy in, in the last interview is this phone is more powerful than my first computer, mm. right? And it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Right? Man, so, I, lo I love that. It's it's all imagination. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people get, get um, what do you call this? They, they, you know, they want to be in a big studio. They want to see this, like the big speakers. And at the end of the day, you go to those speakers, but what are they using? 
one little computer. It's all yeah. digital. A lot of it is just for looks. Yeah. Right. So, you know, do do what you can with what you have. Yeah, I, I love that. That that that's a gem right there, man. Woo. Yeah. Do what you do. Like I love that because it's so true. I think you know it makes me think. Uh, I own a few companies, and one of them is like a construction company, and. I think the days when I started this company years ago, right? Like on my little Civic, I used to deliver bundles of, of shingle or, or <laughs> metal sticking out of the, <laughs> the, you know, you have to do what you have to do. And, and so I love that you said that, man, that that's powerful right there. Um, you touched a little bit on Univision. If we could move forward with your story, yeah. uh, how did that happen? Bro, that was crazy too. Again, we were just doing the whole underground scene we perform at swap meets, at anywhere we could, we perform. One of the interesting things was here in LA, we would do shows and we'd be the only Hispanic act. Everybody else was African-American. And it was intimidating at times, but you know, it was also cool because we were the only ones and people were like, who the heck are these guys? And so we started to make a little buzz, you know, who, who the hell are these guys? And then I think at the time it was only us, Kid Frost, and then Cypress Hill came out and you know, that was dope. We had a lot more representation. Um, but we weren't pushing music as hard as, as we, we could have because of the lack of money. However, this one email changed, changed our life. This, this guy said, hey guys, I, I did a search on Google for Spanish rap and you're the first name to come up. And he's like, are you guys interested in, in, in doing something further than what you're doing now? He's like, I got a connection at, and he threw some names out there. And I was like, this BS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, he was like, yo, this is the second time I'm reaching out. Um, and we finally, we finally got together with him. We spoke about it and actually met up at a, um, uh, what's his name? It was an artist. We, were, we met up at his, at his concert. Uh, what's his name? Little Rob. Okay. Little Rob concert. We met him there. And uh, he said, yo, there's, there's a movement that's about to pop off. And they're looking for Spanish, Spanish rap, and they don't want they don't want the they don't want the gangster rap. They want a little bit more cleaner. He goes, I've listened to your stuff, and you guys have a little combination of both. Um, he goes, so I think that you guys can make that transition. So if you guys are interested, you know, let's keep talking, man. And we 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 talked for about a good year, bro. And that's at the time that's how we met Aquid because mm. Aquid they were dealing with the same people. You know, Akron was doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we would meet, meet, all of us, we would meet up and hang out and talk about, you know, when this would pop off, you know, how long, how long. And that took about a year or more than a year. But when it popped off, we saw Akron just blow the fuck up, bro. I mean, we would go, we went to their first shows where, you know, there was like 10 people and then they just kept growing, 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 growing to the, to the point where they were doing like stages. They were at the Universal Amphitheater and they, you know, they were kind. They would let us open up, you know, because we were in the same sort of uh, the same Genre. posse, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, we had we had the same the same owner, um, the same owner from the label, right? So we were sort of all traveling in packs with uh, JP, David Rolas, Flakies, and so it was a cool it was a cool time. Um, and that's when we go to Univision, and and they they uh, they hear our stuff. Um, Aquid had already been signed to Univision at this point, and we were we were gonna go next, and and they heard our stuff, and they said, hey, you know, we sort of like this, 
but they're like, we, we're not hearing your culture in it. And I was like, okay. And so we went back and me and my brother, we talked about it. And, and my brother, Johnny had done some experiments back in the days with cumbias. You know, he would, again, he would take the, the, the records from my dad and spin them and try to make beats off of it. And I was like, yo, that sounds whack, bro. That's crazy. I was like, rap and cumbia do not mix. And he's like, yo, like, try it, though, try it. And so I was like, okay, let's try it. And so we did a couple, and a couple came out good. But the first one that came out, like, really nice was the Este Nuevo Ritmo Ya Todos. And then I was like, yo, like, this sounds fucking dope. And so, we, you know, we did it. Uh, we, we went, I went to his house, the little apartment that he had, and took my microphone. We recorded it there grabbed the demo, took it to Univision, sat down, and they're like, holy shit. They're like, that's it right there. And I was like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got more of that? I was like, yo. The, the, like, yo. <laughs> hermano no te dice, like, to this day, like. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sometimes, look, this is the thing. With me and my brother, we fight 99% of the time, bro. Like, a lot of people don't know that. There's been, there's been times where we're, like, about to go on stage, and we're like. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, calm down. Like, let's finish the show and we'll keep going afterwards. <laughs> well, yeah, I owe it to him because he's, you know, his curiosity. He's always pushing me to do something different. Um, and by the way, that's where the name comes to because, man, I would try to do beats just like Dre or just like this other person, that person. And I could never hit it, bro. It was always off somehow. And my brother was like, yo, your shit's always crooked, bro. How come we can't get it right? And, <laughs> but, but, that's you know, dope. That, that, but that's dope. That crookedness, a lot of people were like, yo, we like it because it doesn't sound like anything else. You guys have this weird freaking timing and then weird sound. And, you know, it's not for everybody, but enough. It was enough to get us in the door. That's dope, man. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, Uni Univision really backed us up in, in that time. And that's where we did our first video for Jello Saben. Huge budget video. Uh, I mean, we had. Ese es el donde sale de los Tigres del Norte, right? Yeah. yeah. ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo hicieron eso que saliera él? Uh, that's the homie. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> la, 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 la verdad es que eh, Guillermo Santizo, en ese entonces, que también era presidente de Univision en un tiempo, that's the record label that we signed to. And he had under him, he had Aquid, David Rolas, uh, Flaky, JP, Tigres del Norte. And he had a couple of other artists. And so we were all part of the family. And, you know, he asked them and, and he said, yeah, man, I'll come through. Les voy a dar la patadita. And he came to the video. Man, he killed it in the video, bro. Like, oh, like. <laughs> yeah, like a boss. <laughs> yeah. It was an honor to have him. He was really dope. Uh, to this to this day, people ask me about that. Like, how did you get him on there? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, that whole process you gotta understand, we've never made a video. Oh, so, dang. And so we show up that day and it's this warehouse and it's a whole bunch of people and it's makeup and it's lights and all this. And we're like, you know, <laughs> we felt like, you know, like, you know, little fish in a big pond. And we just, you know, we just rolled with it. And, you know, you just gotta do the best you can at that time. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it was, dope. It was dope. I mean, the, the experience was dope. And, and a lot of the, you know, some of the things that I talk about too is that where we come from, we come from having nothing, right? The fact that we were in the United States, we had jobs, we had a house, we had food. Into it. We were content with that. So all this other stuff 
to us was just, you know, a cherry on top. I love that, bro. Uh, porque hace rato también dijiste, like, uh, when we were talking about a little bit about budgeting and stuff, you said, you know, 15 and that's how much you get a show, then you made it. Uh, that's so important. People measure, like, happiness, right? Like, like money's going to buy it. And obviously, I always say money is super important because it gives you that freedom, which has been mm -hmm. my biggest thing. You know, I, I fought for freedom. That was my biggest thing, right? Uh, but the the point that i'm trying to make is you know you if you let's say you just do music and you're just making i don't know 10,000 uh every six months or whatever right 20k mm -hmm. a year and you live in an apartment and that dream is paying for that then that why aren't you happy you know what i mean like yeah. it, it's that yeah. freedom so i i love that that you're touching on that um so okay so all these things are going on right like blowing up big um i, I want to ask you what was the transition like and what are some pros and cons about being independent versus uh, being with the record label that were you, the, the way that you were? Well, the first thing, you know, some of the people are going to be rooting for you. They clap. They're like, damn, this guy made it. But there's other people that are going to be like, oh, you sold out. Like, I thought you was underground. I thought you, you know, you hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just got to go where with your heart, you know. You know, the people that support you, right? The family, the family is always there to support you. The true friends, there's friends that support me that I, you know, from 20 years ago that are still here because of that. Uh, people who were, you know, rappers at the time and they, they saw us do what we did and, and perhaps they were better than us. And that's another thing is being at the right time, at the right place, right? Because man, we're, we're not, we're not even, you know, we're okay. Yeah. But, but it's what the, it's what the industry needed at the time. Right. You can't sell them oranges if people want grapes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or apples. Right. So we were the, we were the right thing at the time. Yeah. Op opening that door, especially in that, like, I mean, you would it wasn't like unimaginable. If you think about it, like, you know, Spanish, Spanish rap blown like blown up like that mainstream like that. It's it's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? It like is. you open these doors and um, definitely like I agree with that. Uh, so, so what's the transition now then? Uh, because my understanding is tú eres como más el de negocio, right? Y, y tu hermano es obviously like the creative side too. <laughs> But yeah, he's, he's uh, got a lot of good ideas. You know, uh, uh, this is another thing that a lot of the new, a new, uh, or some, a lot of people who are in the business don't know the business, right? Um, I was fortunate enough to have a record label under the, under the uh, Univision um, umbrella. And so I was... I got privy to a lot of stuff, like how, you know, how to do promotions, how to do this, how to do that, uh, registering your songs. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of legality behind that. And a lot of, uh, a lot of artists that never register their songs and they don't get that money. They don't understand that for every song, there's, there's different sources of revenue that come in. You know, you got your publishing, you got your writers, you got your mechanicals, you got your syncing deals. And a lot of these people, they just create the song, put it out on Spotify and hope for the best, right? And, you know, unfortunately, that, and that's the independent way, right? Uh, the, here's the difference where you have, when you have a label, the label takes care of everything for you. Um, but you got to be involved. Just because you have a label doesn't mean you don't get involved. You get involved and be like, okay, where are you spending this money? And how are you doing these things? And so, because it's your money at the end of the day. It's just a loan. When people say, hey, so-and-so got a million dollars, that's not for him to, to just go and spend. That's for him to live for the rest of the year till the next checks comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to be wise with it. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
de todas las canciones que has grabado, like, uh, que han grabado, uh, what's the best song que creen que han sacado y por qué? Man, uh, mi tierra. Mi tierra. Uh, you know, a lot of, especially the songs that, that people love are the ones that I was never going to put out. <laughs> That's crazy. Seriously, because a lot of these songs, are, they're for me, right? It's how I felt at the time. Like that one, Don Miguel, Somos Hermanos. Mm -hmm. These songs were things that were very personal to me. I didn't want to expose them, but I put them out and people sort of related to them. And it's, it's, that's the best thing. And when you, when you see the impact that a song can have in, in other people. And when they say, hey, when you wrote that song, it's like you were in my chair, um, you know, writing my life story. And that's, that's freaking powerful. Mm -hmm. I love that, man. So, yeah. Es cierto. Uh, ¿cuál, ¿Cuál es el problema más grande que crees que has enfrentado uh, en tu vida o en música? Actually, si me das los dos. Damn. Uh, I mean, we have, everybody has problems. Are you talking about music-related problems? Yeah, or? yeah, let's go there, yeah. Music-related problems is when you're at the label, you know, you're always fighting with the label. It's, you know... <laughs> You didn't, you didn't promo this song, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Um, and so that, that was a big problem when we're at the label. You know, in those days, you turned in 10, 15 songs, and they picked one, and they, you know, they, they put all the money behind that one, and if it didn't work, you were done. You had to wait till the next year, get more budget. And so that, 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 process, that process was kind of weird. You know, so at that point, that's when I said, man, I want to go independent so I can do whatever the heck I want. And... You know, luckily I've been able to do that and do whatever I want at the time I want. I mean, that, that's cool nowadays. Like, like I can write a song right now, mix it, master it, and put it out tomorrow so that it'll be on Spotify. Yeah. I mean, tell me, tell me that's that powerful. Awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and go ahead. I, I was going to say, like, I think that's my favorite part of it. Uh, yeah. as, as far, you know, but obviously back then grinding, I mean, you know, selling CDs, you could come home with your pockets pretty nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> selling CDs yeah. on the street. So, <laughs> yeah. but, hey, but you know, that's another aspect too of, of streaming. It's like the money's the money's not the same. Back in the days, you sold a CD and you had a profit of 10 bucks. Now, somebody listens to your song, you get 0 0.003 cents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's major. Um, if, if you have, one thing for your fans to remember about you guys, what is it? That we always try to represent El Salvador to the best of our abilities. There's been times where me and my brother, we just, we want to quit, right? But we're like, bro, like, let's just do it for, for our people. Let's just put another one out. And that's what, to tell you too, that's what keeps us going. I mean, I'm always wearing Salvi stuff, you know, always representing to the fullest. We were representing El Salvador when it wasn't cool to do so. When we when we went to um, Salvador Gigante and I said, hey, we're going to wear the Salvadorian jerseys. They're like, no, you're not. I was like, oh, yes, I am. I was like, what better way to represent than, you know, at that show? Seriously. Yeah. And, and so. How, how was that experience, man? Uh, I mean, desde niño, me imagino que lo mirabas. And... <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> y estar ahí enfrente. <laughs> everything is surreal. You know, you're there, you, you talk to him, he, and he said, he asked you questions, and it, it's very surreal, bro, to tell you the truth. Um, 
when you're watching it as a kid, you you imagine this huge stage, but when you're there, it's like this little stage, and you know, it's a, it's a sort of like a a reality check in, in a way, and you start seeing how everything that we as consumers uh, value is not that it's just a it's just a facade. Man, that's major, bro! Wow, it's a facade. Yeah, I think I think the whole music industry is a facade. Um, you know, this whole uh, fake it till you make it and. I'm not down with that stuff, you know, even even though I I, I was part of that machine, um, you know, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Just do what you like. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't You don't have to fake it. If, yeah. if you have something of value, people are going to see right through it and value it as much as you do. And those are the people that you want. Man, that, that's uh, some bombs right there, bro. Jesus. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that's some major stuff, man. I love that. Love it. Love it. Um, I wanted to touch on... You, you had mentioned earlier that uh, that uh, with with El, like representing El Salvador and all that, like I know you've done a lot of like shows back there, right? Like back home, like festivals and like all kinds of stuff. Uh, how was it when you first went back? Because uh, I'm assuming it, there was a timeline before going back. Uh, before we went back. I wasn't really looking at at what the impact we had in El Salvador was, but everybody around us would tell us, yo, like, you know, I heard your song in, in La Ciento Uno, cuando iba para Santa Tecla, cuando iba para Santa Ana, estaban tocando tu canción en el bus o en el pickup. And I was like, oh, that is awesome. You know, because that's what we wanted. We wanted just to, we wanted our country to be behind us. Um, music, however, moves differently in El Salvador. Um, we did get to go and do a, a media tour when we were sort of, we had just gotten back from Spain. From Spain, we went to El Salvador and uh, it was awesome because we got to do the whole media tour. People, people knew our songs. We got to do La Teleton. We got to do um, um, Carnaval de San Miguel. If you, if, I don't know if you know Carnaval de San Miguel, bro. It's a million people go through that thing. And uh, that day at the show, when we go in, there was uh, about 200,000 people. Mm. It was just unbelievable. There's some there's some footage out on YouTube. I mean, to this day, I can't believe it when I look at it. Um, and that's the type of stuff that just like uh, makes you makes you keep going. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, yo, yeah. we'll be right back to this great episode of the Music Heads Podcast Show. But before we continue, make sure you guys grab a copy of my brand new book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable. It is out everywhere on Amazon.com, Barnes and Nobles, Target.com, Walmart.com. It's also available on audible.com. Go listen to the actual book. I promise you that it's going to change the way you think. And now, back to this great episode. Let's get it. Uh, and you've touched a little bit about uh, kind of just doing your own thing, not minding what others think of the, whether it's the song or whatever you're going to put out. Uh, ¿Cómo ha sido? Porque algo que yo he notado este, así como un fan es de que Siempre han tratado, like, you've kept it real to yourself, pero siempre, cada disco tiene su estilo, if that makes sense. Uh, you, you know, you right. can go, you know, and, and I'm a big believer that, you know, there's a rapper and then there's an artist, and you guys are definitely artists. Um, how, what's, that, uh, what's that like in the creative side when you guys are creating something different? Because even you just posted uh, something on Instagram the other day, and those of you who are watching or listening, uh, go check it out because you you previewed a couple like three new songs or you yeah. know and 
and th- I mean, they, they were dope and, and they sound new, but it's still you right. guys, you know what I mean? So yeah. if you could touch on that a little bit. You know, the whole crookedness thing comes here because we don't want to be in a, in a certain path, right? We want to do all kinds of stuff. If, si me levanto y quiero hacer una cumbia, hago una cumbia. Y no pienso que va a pensar aquel, que va a pensar el otro. I do a little bit in the end, pero en, en el proceso creativo, yo decía, yo quiero hacer reggaetón, hago reggaetón, gangster, lo que yo quiera. Lo que yo siento ese día, I just, you know, here's my piano, I'm like, hmm, this would be a good reggaetón. I'm like, oh, let's do, let's do reggaetón. And I'll, and I'll write like a reggaetón artist would be. Because that's another thing. I, I, I used to write for other people as well. So it's, it's, it's helped me become a little bit more um, versatile in different, different genres. Um, and so, I mean, I do, I do whatever I want, to tell you the truth. And through the pandemic, I did a lot of uh, experimenting as well. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I had nothing to do. So I was like, let's produce some records. I was actually working on, on my own album. And uh, those songs that you, that you heard actually started from that. Because- Are you guys ever going to drop your solo projects? <laughs> no, no? I'll, be honest, I'll be honest with you because my brother's been working on a solo project for 20 years bro. Like, <laughs> like, i swear know, it's so funny because i swear you guys used to talk about it then too like when, yeah. when you guys were first like <laughs> yeah, coming like he'll, out he'll get a he'll get a group of songs and and then he'll get to it to the end and he's like i don't like it no more i'm like bro just put it out you know, he's been he's been doing that like he'll create a whole bunch and he's like i don't like it no more like, All right. and and on my end what happens is I start working on my project and then my brother will be like, yo, <laughs> that's kind of dope. He's like, you mind if I drop a verse on that? <laughs> and so my projects become his projects. So, so the whole album will be Victor featuring. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told him. All 10 songs. Yeah. And so here's what's crazy that I could, I could go out and I'm fine, but my brother can't, can't go out. He's very recognizable. Wherever we go, it's like, oh, that's Johnny from Pickasilo and whoever that other guy is. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's always like, you need me, bro. You need me. <laughs> I was like, All why, right. why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's got a, a more recognizable face. He's, my brother's very social as well. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm more reserved. I yeah, yeah. You know, if I could, I could just, stay, I, I would want to just stay home and just be, do all my stuff. And here you go, you go perform. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. I so, feel that. But I also, the performance part of it is, is, is kind of dope too, you know, to see people um, sing your songs or know what's your, songs. what's your favorite? Is it, and, and I guess I could probably almost tell you what the answer will be, but is it the creating process or being on stage performing them? I like the creative process. That's what, yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, I mean, just like getting the right note, getting the. the but right how does it feel to have all those people singing to that though? It's dope too. That's dope. Oh, uh, right now uh, on social media, you know, especially with TikTok, when people use your songs and sing them and do stuff with it, that's really dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that it. Yep, yep. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and and transfer over here to uh, a freestyle session, right? I call it because I'm going to ask you a few questions. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you a few questions and you got about three seconds to answer them, whatever comes to your head right away. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So get ready. You start. Yeah, there you go. You start doing some push-ups. <laughs> um, all right. Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. 
And then I want you to remember why, because I'm going to touch on why. Uh, okay. El Chavo or Cantinflas? El Chavo. That was fast. Ice Cube or Snoop Dogg? Ice Cube. Uh, and since you're a songwriter, I'm going to ask you this one. Marco Antonio Solis or Joan Sebastian? Joan Sebastian. Ooh. That, that, that's, that's probably a tough one, but you answer that real quick. <laughs> um, and then the last one, ya que somos salvadoreños, tenemos que representar la chanchona o algodón. La chanchona. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Man, that, 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 that's a tough one right there. Okay, yeah. ¿por qué escogiste al Biggie? Mira, yo nunca fui un gran fan de Tupac, la verdad. I liked a couple of his songs. But I wasn't a big fan. I always that, thought that uh, it was competition in the West Coast. <laughs> but the, but the, the, the image at the time that he portrayed, I didn't. I never yeah. believed it. I thought it was all make believe. Like yeah, like it was like a character that somebody wrote for him, and he kind of just stepped into it. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. You know, that's you just know, my and, personal and opinion. Yes, so va con lo que estábamos hablando earlier about uh, just uh, the music, right? Like the entertainment. Uh, I actually, when Cardi started getting pretty big and my daughter, I, I have a 14 year old and a 11 year old. And uh, I literally, you know, I've talked to them even years ago. And to this day, I'll mention it sometimes. Like I, I explain to them how music is just entertainment. None of it is real. Mm -hmm. I show them the real side of things, right? Like, look, here's her being a mom. Like that's her right. baby. So right. uh, I, I love that you touch on that. It, it goes along with everything we've been kind of talking about. Uh, why did you choose El Chavo? Porque El Chavo? I grew up with him. I grew up with that. You know, we're watching El Chavo. Cantinflas came after for me. And I actually, El Chavo came to El Salvador one time. They did a tour. And my dad took us when we were kids. Man, so really? I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> that's dope. That's sick yeah. right there. Man. So that's why. That's history. Um, yeah. Ice Cube. Why Ice Cube? Man, come on. How do you not like Ice Cube, bro? Like, well, no, but Snoop Dogg, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love I love Snoop Dogg because of his cadence and his flow, but Ice Cube was just raw, bro. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I love. I've always loved loved his uh, his uh, his verses, the way he drops songs, his cadence. He's just he's just raw. Yeah, yeah. Except Very for true. the album he did on the West Coast, I didn't like that album. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I forgot the name of it. Uh, Por qué Juan Sebastian? Porque Joan Sebastián le ha escrito canciones a muchas gente, a muchas personas, and it's, por lo menos por, por lo que yo sé, sé que hay, hay mucha gente le pedía canciones. Joan, dame una canción, dame una canción. Eso sé que tiene mucho dominio de, de, de eso. Y me gusta porque siendo escritor también, este es algo que con lo cual me identifico. Y chanchona y, y algodón, that, I mean, that, that's a rough, tough one, man. ¿Por qué la, la chanchona? chanchona? Porque hemos hecho un montón de shows con él. Oh. <laughs> so se está, está viendo, se está viendo. Hey, chanchona, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Me dos pupusas, maje. <laughs> that's dope. And, uh, yeah, no, y, y las canciones de ellos, man, like, no matter what, like, la pones y... Uh, mi esposa yeah. es mexicana, and, like, you know, they, okay. she knows all, literally every, and It's funny, like, uh, you can't do, like, una Navidad or un, un, un party familiar things in La Chanchona, you know? <laughs> claro, claro. La Chanchona, Hermano Flores, Algodón. Yeah. All that, bro. Like, we grew up with all that stuff. I don't know how your, how your upbringing was, but my upbringing was on the weekends, 
what would wake us up is the cumbias. My dad playing the oh, yeah. records like oh, loud. Yeah. Get up, get up, get up. Yeah. So. Yep. Very true. Uh, and since we're in the subject real quick, what do you think? Because one of the things with me and, and maybe that's why it's molded you guys, you know, with your style and everything. Cause I truly believe with mine too, like growing up, right. Like Salvadoreño, luego escuchando la música mexicana. So there's all these genres. And then you said rock earlier. Uh, there, and then rap, we could go to all these different East coast, West coast, down South trap now. All right. the, So how has that influenced you? And, and like, what's your perspective on that? How have you kind of, put that you know focus i don't think it's influenced me but other people see it right especially those salvadorians bro like salvadorians are like you don't speak salvadorian i was like what do you mean he's like well you said this word and that word is only used by you know this culture and i'm like but we're in the united states and you know we get we get input from everybody so subliminally you know it's it's it, it's in you you don't know it but other people will see it yeah so so i can't pinpoint exactly what it is that that has influenced me or has you know gone got through our music but yeah. we do have influences yeah yeah very true man well as much as i hate to wrap things up man i know you got things that you gotta uh get take care of but uh the uh, there's always three questions that i like to ask at the end and it's more for wisdom for mm -hmm. any young youngsters listening whether you know they want to do music or just in general uh for life uh, so the first question that i that i have for you is uh as a musician if you were to look back at your younger self what would be some advice you would give yourself man just keep doing it um believe in yourself because sometimes you doubt yourself you're always like is this good enough um does this sound like that or you know because you always you always have a role model right and you always want to try to emulate that but sometimes you have to search your own path and find your own path because you might not be just like that you might be a little crooked and and you know <laughs> follow it being different sometimes is good love it man that, that's a great answer right there um and if there was just a simple three-step formula to make it in the music industry what are the three steps or tips or you know whatever you know again the music industry is, is a facade Um, sometimes songs that are shitty will make it. Why? Because the record label will, will drop $5 million in marketing. And even though the first time you hear it, you're like, what is this? A month later, you're, you're singing it because. So that's that psychology that too, do. huh? Yeah. And so I don't know. I right now, if, if my kid, my kid is in music and his friends are in music. And what, what do I tell them is, you know, go on TikTok. Um, that's and by the way that's what I, i i still deal with a lot of record labels and that's what they're doing they're going into tiktok and looking for the next artist and so guys going to tiktok um look look at these uh what is it the island boys yeah seriously <laughs> right? yeah yeah like a little 15 20 second melody that they did went viral and yeah what now how much are they charging up for appearance and so you know that's just one story there's there's been a whole bunch of stories mm -hmm. that you listen to so You know, right now, you have the whole window as your audience. And so put it out there. If you truly believe in it, put it out there. Mm. Love it, love it, man. And then if you were to ever write a book, what would be the theme or the oh, title of it? By the way, you inspired me, bro, because I know you wrote yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I keep seeing it. And, and, and 
when I, by the way, when I started doing the music stuff, I, I used to keep a little diary and I was like, I, I stopped because my ultimate goal was to write a book. Right. And, but when I saw you do it, I was like, yo, like what happened to that idea? Mm. And let, let me hit him up. How did he do it? Uh, Man, no, it's, it's like whatever you need, bro. Like, uh, obviously you're, you know, you're smart. You got the technology, but any little tips or anything? Cause yeah. you know how it goes. You even just, do, and it's funny, bro. Cause the book is called the power of being uncomfortable. And actually here, I'll show it on the camera. So it's funny. The reason why I say it's funny is because it's a mindset book. Right. And, and literally I start the book by saying, Hey, I'm writing this book to prove my point. Like I'm getting uncomfortable. I'd never done this before, but right. here I am. So, uh, yeah, anything I can do, bro, let me know. So what, what's, uh, some ideas that you've had. That, that, but that's a good tip. Like get out of your comfort zone, do something that, you know, do something out of, out of your regular day to day. And who knows, you might be good at it. But the ideas I have for the book is just the whole process that we went through. Like a lot of people want to know what it was to be in Univision at those meetings and what happened. Like one of the cool stories that I have is uh, a lot of people, again, it's all optics, right? So what you see is what you believe. Uh, when we performed at the Latin billboards, you know, that was that was a huge audience for us and you know with daddy yankee don omar was a tego puffy I, I forget who else was on stage um but bro, we were broke at the time i i literally had 15 seconds in my 15 uh cents in my pocket mm. because the money that i had spent the money that i did have i had spent it buying that outfit and so at the point the label had given us the money that they had to give us we had gone through it and so that's, again, to the kids, you know, a lot of the things that you see on TV are not real. Um, so, you know, just just a little thing out there, just let you know, you never know what's happening behind the scenes in real life. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the last question I have, since it goes with it, uh, so obviously the power of being uncomfortable, right? What is one way or one thing that comes to your mind right away that you've done in your life that you got uncomfortable and it, it, you know, it, it got you to where you're at or it helped you or it, it was a success. The military. Military made me uncomfortable, right? Because I didn't know what to expect. Um, one of the things why I joined the military was, you know, as a, we grew up in the hood right here. And so I didn't really see a lot of options, right? If I would have stayed out, you know, I don't know where I would be. And I think the military at the time offered a uh, different venue. And I'm sort of glad I took that route because it helped me a lot of things with a lot of things, you know, discipline, you know, following through um, a lot, you know, besides those, there's so many things that, they, that it taught me. It gave me the GI Bill. You know, I was able to finish my degree. A lot of people don't know that, but I have a degree. Um, and, you know, education, nobody can take that away. I'm gonna tell you one thing right there. There was a time where music was not generating money for me. So what did I rely on? My degree. Got a, got a, it took me like a week to get a job because I have that degree, right? And so education is something that they can't take away from me. You're always going to have it. And so that's a, that's a biggie. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's that's big right there, bro. And uh, like I said, I, I know you got things to do, man. So I want to thank you for being on here. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, I know we've Thank been going back and out. forth. We need to have that that song done, man. I, we've been going oh, back man. and forth. So, <laughs> I, this, this, look, this is what I look. 
that's what I do every day, bro. Like, yeah. Sometimes I go and eat, and then I come back in here. Bro. <laughs> Just uh, uh, eat shit and music. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, that's the name of a new album right there <laughs> there you go that, that's the song we're gonna drop <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. but no i want to thank you man and real quick uh if you could let everybody listening out there uh where can they find you what's the easiest way to find you um and then give give all your info man okay everybody you can find quicker Stilo anywhere on spotify apple music deezer title uh it's spelled c-r-o-o-k-e-d-s-t-i-l-o I'm sure you're going to put it there so people can find us. Uh, it's the same on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, on TikTok. Somebody stole my name, so I'm still pissed off at that. Um, <laughs> so I, ha- I had to get official freaking steal. I'm still trying to find you, bro. I know who you are, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find you. Uh, we're, we're everywhere. I mean, you can Google it. Put Salvadorian rap. We're there. Uh, so, man, thank you. You know, I know we've been trying to do this. We've been trying to do a song, too. Uh, at that time, when you contact me, man, I... It's funny because I, I wanted to get away from music. And oh, it's, man. It's hilarious because whenever I want to get away from music, it's when when they pull me in somehow, some way. You know, it's <laughs> funny, bro, porque yo siento que así es. Uh, I'm a big believer. It depends. Like time, And also, I'm big on, like, the law of attraction, right? Like, the, all that, energies, vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to have Everything happens at the right time, if that makes sense. Exactly. And, and uh, it's so true that you're saying that because... I've I even you know at the level where I'm at with my music uh I've had people hit me up for features and there's times where I'm like oh you know and then there's times where I go above and beyond you know what they're even you know business wise or whatever so yeah I, I that that's true man yeah. <laughs> if you, you know, could elaborate talk, on that <laughs> t- talking about features dude, a lot of people hit us up for features and a lot of people think that I don't want to do them um but it's, it's not that it's like sometimes you just you don't have the time uh, sometimes you can barely write a song for yourself. So how are you going right. to invest yeah. time in somebody else's song? And it, it, it's hard for me sometimes to get back at these people because I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know what to say. I really don't know how much to charge. Uh, that's another one, right? Uh, and so it's not that I don't want to do them. It's just, you know, a couple of factors that, that sort of affect my my decision making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so so true. And and obviously, depending on where you're at too, mentally and, you know, with with the music like are you hating music right now or are you loving it i mean exactly. it's a love and hate exactly. <laughs> you gotta deal with her <laughs> hey, hey, hey. No, but, man, but, but thank you again um for for this interview it was dope really felt comfortable man really loved it i was able to explain exactly what i wanted to explain so thank you very much for letting me do that for get to get to your audience uh, keep listening, everybody. This is really good. Yeah, yeah. Music. Hey, send, me that, send me that book, though, bro. Send me that book. Yeah, I got you. Uh, eso te iba a decir. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a physical. Y te voy a mandar también el audio. So you can check it out. Because uh, since me being a musician, I did something different with the audio, you know, like not okay. just your regular, typical. So te voy a mandar un private link. Um, but no, man. Uh, thank you, man. I, I really do appreciate I appreciate it. This is uh, amazing, uh, you know, uh, and as an artist and as a fan, uh, as that, because you guys inspired me too, right? Like back then, I mean, you know, when I heard that Spanish shit, I was like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> and and that's how I got it started, man, was in Spanish. So, yeah, I want to thank you for that, too, because you guys have opened many doors and, uh, you know, I can go on and on with with all your uh, thank you, with bro. all the great thank stuff you. you've done. So, uh, gracias. Y ahí nos hablamos. Ahí, ahí estamos. Uh, 
cuando vaya para allá, para Los Ángeles, yo tengo familia allá en Moreno Valley, en uh -huh. Riverside, okay. so uh, we still gotta okay. play some soccer, como dijimos, <laughs> para pa que te enseñe. <laughs> Cálmate. Hey, hey, we're gonna see, we're gonna see. Dale pues, te traemos tacos. Okay, muchas gracias. Right. And everybody out there listening, make sure you guys subscribe uh, to my channel, Billy the Kid, and then follow us on Spotify, Music Heads Podcast. And we got some dope stuff like this one and more coming soon. So, vamonos. Vamonos.